I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Giants Splash Podcast. I'm your host, Chronicle Baseball writer Susan Slusser, and today Ann Killian and I are going to talk about the Giants' new managerial hire, Gabe Kapler. We started off our conversation talking about the most unusual press conference today at Oracle Park. Welcome to the San Francisco Chronicle's Giants Splash podcast. I'm your host uh, for once, not Henry Schulman, it's me, Susan Slusser, uh, filling in while Henry is on a much-deserved vacation and while John Shea is at the baseball uh, general manager meetings in Scottsdale. Ann Killian and I covered the Gabe Kapler press conference, the introduction of the new Giants manager, uh, which was certainly an unusual press conference, and you and I have attended many a presser introducing a manager or a new player or a new executive. And this one, uh, before even questions were even asked, general manager, uh, team president Farhan Zaidi uh, addressed the allegations um, of uh, Dodgers players' assault against uh, an underage girl and also another woman uh, that occurred while he and Gabe Kapler were both with the Dodgers. Kapler was in charge of the the Dodgers minor league system at the time. You have written about this topic um, a couple of times. Uh, you're obviously writing about it again, and you asked numerous questions during the, the press conference about it. Uh, what's your takeaway from the way the Giants handled this today, and, and how surprised were you first with the press conference and, and really just with the, with the hiring altogether, given this what we know about these incidents? Well, I, I got to say I'm a little surprised at the hire. Um, we've been hearing Gabe Kapler's name for weeks now. As soon as he got fired from the Phillies, even maybe even before he got fired, when his, his fate was kind of hanging in the balance because everyone knew he had a relationship with Farhan. But um, because these allegations, which surfaced last February, even they took place in 2015, but they really came to light last February um, in a couple of different national publications. And um, we, you know, I think given the, the difficulties the Giants have had with not only their on-field performance, but some of the off-field issues surrounding Larry Bear, surrounding the majority owner, Charles Johnson. Um, just the fact that they're lose, they've lost a chunk of their fan base. People have gotten very um, uh, disillusioned with the team. And it just seemed like an odd time to hire um, a guy who comes with a lot of baggage and a lot of um, highly sensitive baggage, you know, of, uh, issues that um, that are not very palatable to people regarding uh, sexual assault and how it was handled, which speaks to his decision making, to be quite frank. It's not just that these things took place, but it was, did he make the right decisions? Um, and And then you add on top of it the fact that he was a major league manager and not a very good one and had two really underachieving seasons in Philadelphia and um, that there were other candidates. And so I am surprised that they hired him. And then again, I am surprised. um, I'm not surprised by the tenor of the press conference because you knew it was going to be like this. Um, You knew when Farhan had a 
conference call last night. You knew when he went on the radio this morning. You knew when he opened the press conference with remarks addressing what happened in the Dodgers uh, farm system four years ago. Um, still, it was a hour-long um, interrogation, really, not a coronation. And, you know, you you grew up here, and, and, you know, the team you cover has had, not recently, but has changed managers um, a lot in recent years. The Giants have had such stability at that position. They've had four managers in 35 years. It's insane. Roger Craig, Dusty Baker... Felipe Alou, the shortest tenure with, I think, six years, and then Bruce Bochy, and and to have um, all this controversy following on the heels of all that goodwill that Bochy left behind is just, it's very odd. It is. It was a strange press conference. I mean, I guess you could argue that if Farhan is willing to make a hire under these circumstances, knowing there's going to be some uproar, that there are going to be a lot of questions asked, uh, He's either very, very convinced this is the right guy for the job, um, even more so than he might have been for anyone else, because he knew this was coming and it can't be an easy position to be in. Uh, and and you would hope extremely convinced that the things he's saying, i.e. that he thought that Kapler um, handled that as well as he could have at the time. Now, they've both said they wish they had handled things differently in retrospect. They wish they had consulted with outside experts. They wish they had been more supportive of the victims. Um, Kapler, you have criticized him for trying to set up sort of a, a meeting between the alleged perpetrator and the underage victim, who at the time, Kapler did not know that there was any allegation of, of sexual assault. That was later. She had allegedly at that time been assaulted by another woman, and it was filmed by a Dodgers player. That was um, So to make that clear, at the time, that was his working knowledge. But he did try to mediate a session between them, which he's been, and he uh, really kind of said today that that was uh, you know, getting over it, it his knees. Yeah, it was not <laughs> that was not really what he should have been doing. So I think he's learned a lot from it, and uh, clearly, not just Farhan, but the rest of the Giants brass are convinced that uh, lessons were learned and that's enough. And I guess they feel like the incident um, is something that they're willing to overlooks the wrong word, but certainly it's not enough to have kept them from hiring him. Well, and the the thing that, you know, more and more has come to light um, during this process is they have to overlook it or else they have to hold Farhan accountable too. Yeah. Because Farhan was also a decision maker in that process with the Dodgers. Right. He was one of the guys that, that um, Kapler reported it up the chain to and was also involved in not going to the police and, and punting it to the legal team. And the legal team, you know, was basically, um, you know, duck and cover was their strategy. And, right. and you know, they didn't inform authorities. And, and so, um, you know, I think that it's weird. It makes a, a weird bond um, between Kapler and Farhan that, you know, they had each other's back back then when they had to make this, they were making what many would consider the wrong decisions. And now they're going to be decision makers here with the Giants. And um, sure, uh, so I'm sure there's trust between the two of them and learning processes between the two of them. But I don't know how well that's going to be viewed from the outside. Like, can you trust their decision making together? I also, um, you know, and, and you and I have we're we're both women obviously and we've both been working in this business for about the same amount of time which is a hell of a long time 
And, you know, I just, it's just kind of a familiar scenario, you know, you, when, when incidents of domestic violence or sexual assault happen, they are trivialized or overlooked or kind of swept away when they happen. Then if they kind of resurface or someone's held accountable, then there's a whole bunch of hand wringing and apologizing and, you know, talk about lessons learned and all of that. And then everyone goes on with their business anyway, like people aren't really held right. accountable. Well, I would say in this case, one of the things that is a little bit different than some of these others was, and, and Farhan was very clear about this and emphasized it numerous times, there was no effort, certainly by Kapler, to cover anything up. You know, right. he went up the chain, he has not denied anything, um, certainly anywhere along the line. Um, so um, the fact that there wasn't any purported cover up or anything like that, um, maybe it was just massive, massive naivete. Yeah, perhaps. And it feels that way. It feels like naivete, and which is weird because it was four years ago. We're not talking about like 1965 or even 1992. We're right. talking about a world in which Ray Rice had just, you know, been caught on video a year earlier punching his his uh, fiance. I mean, we we it's not like this happened in in the dark ages. And so sometimes when I I appreciate people have saying lessons learned and we're going to be better and do better. But it's like, really, that was not very long ago. Right. And they were grown men making decisions about this at the time. And it right. just felt like they were protecting you know, the players, which are, you know, their commodity. I'll be back with more of my conversation with Ann Killian after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Gabe Kapler has talked about uh, the fact that he and his ex-wife had a domestic violence charitable foundation because she herself had been the victim of domestic uh, violence in a previous relationship. Um, he uh, has suggested in places where the things he'd learned from that organization, he sort of tried to apply, I think in this instance, things like mediation and things like that when it was, you know, it's not equitable situations, obviously. So I think he said, well, some of this was trying to come from a good place and try to handle things in a good way. And it was the wrong thing to do, but it wasn't done maliciously or crim with criminal intent or, you know, it was, it was trying to help things. It didn't. Right. It backfired. And I think Sam Fold, um, the former A's outfielder, uh, who, who is somebody that I, I covered and respect a lot, is very close friends with Kapler. And he said the fact that this is incident happened at all. Not the fact that it's been publicized or that it's been a problem for him, but the fact that this incident happened uh, and was, um, and Kapler feels like he did mishandle it has really kind of crushed him and been very difficult for him because he has had that background with domestic violence advocates ad advocating for victims of domestic violence. Right, but, but again, I find it odd that if you have that in your background and you have those connections um, and you're faced in a decision-making capability with how do you handle it, what's the right thing to do, you don't turn to those resources. Instead, you go out over your skis, as he said it, and try to do it <clears throat> on your own instead of knowing that there is a huge network. I mean, I've had this issue with other 
sports franchises, including the 49ers, about not tapping into these resources that are, are available and want to help and want to guide organizations through this this messy, ugly situation. Um, so it, it just seems odd that he had that background and yet didn't tap back into yeah. it. Sometimes a little knowledge is actually a dangerous thing. I think, Probably. you know, he thought, well, I'm, I'm familiar with domestic abuse situations. I know, you know, this woman allegedly had been assaulted by two women and physically. Um, and I think he was thinking, well, this is like a domestic violence situation. I'll just step in and handle this. And obviously it was not. It turned out later she, you know, there were accusations of sexual assault and um, yeah, it was, uh, and he. I mean, I asked. It was not his place to to, to do that. When I talked to him, realized I talked to him and asked him, "Do you have a daughter?" Because I mean, I have a daughter, and I can't imagine suggesting that a teenage girl sit down with two men who were um, there when she was being assaulted, and one um, of them videotaped, it. and and who videotaped. Alleged, I mean, allegedly. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, the whole thing is is um, messy and ugly, and um, and. Sam Fold may be right. It may have tortured him, but it only came to came to light in February. Right. Um, and we know how it came to light. Obviously, there was a disgruntled former employee who who made sure people knew about this. But um, be that as it may, the the fact that these Kapler admits that these two incidents happened and, and is unhappy about the way he handled them. And so I don't know. You know, he was a candidate for the Dodgers job. I don't know this handling was discussed obviously that's the same organization I don't know if it ever came up when he was a candidate for the Phillies job and and then it came out in February and now you know so it's it's relatively fresh which is one of the reasons it's being rehashed um, even though these things happened four years ago they've only been known about since you know in the last seven months right well, it was a very strange, strange, strange press opening press conference. You know, there's the very few, as you mentioned, there's only 30 of these jobs. Um, the Giants have had so few of them, the, these openings come up, and then the, you spend the majority of the press conference talking about, you know, that this, this kind of topic is very, very strange. I talked to numerous former t- teammates of Kaplers and people who know him pretty well um, today, and um, two guys d- declined to to talk. Not not out of uh, from my, you know, just didn't have time. But everyone else that I spoke to um, was uh, incredibly enthusiastic. The level of passion, the level of commitment, the um, you know how knowledgeable and um, quick he is to learn. What do you think, just in terms of him, put this incident aside and the way he handled it and potentially decision-making with with that, what do you think of him sheerly as a potential manager? Well, I mean, that we don't know. Um, for one, we don't know because we don't know what decisions he'll be making, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, he's going to be... You did ask that today. <laughs> yeah. and not, you didn't really beat around the bush. Yeah. I think, did you basically ask, are you going to be a puppet? <laughs> I think I might have. Um, but uh, so obviously Farhan is controlling the roster. Um, the new guy, the new general manager might be making out the lineup. I mean, what? So he's going to be, uh, ta- you know, dealing with the clubhouse, dealing with the chemistry. And it was interesting hearing him talk about um, changing the culture and getting the culture right and looking behind me at Buster Posey who kind of had this bemused look on his face and I just wanted to know what was going through his head is like you know like I've been here a while we had a pretty good culture it's kind of all about having really good players right right so um I mean I know that with the Phillies he did a lot of unconventional things people blame him for um some 
things that went wrong, including um, McCutcheon's injury, which is too bad. Um, uh, I know that, um, you know, they are widely considered to have underachieved, um, and they tailed off badly at the end of both seasons, which to me is always a bad sign about how a team is connecting and, and how cohesive it is. Um, I, I don't think the Giants are going to be very good next year. Right. And so it's one thing to not be very good under Bruce Bochy. It's another thing to not be very good under Gabe Kapler. And, and I don't know how, you know, there's already swaths of empty seats um, for the last two years. I just don't know. I don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna go over. Yeah, and I wonder how long the leash is. You know, they, if they aren't going to be very good, which they probably shouldn't be. Like, what are the expectations for him realistically? Now, he did say he was going to rely on Buster Posey a lot. He's talked to Bruce Bochy. I think he feels like he can go to Bruce Bochy with questions and has had and has them for him. He's got Ron Wotus. He's got Ron Wotus back, <laughs> which so makes that is nice. you know makes fans little, feel little good continuity. a fam- familiar absolutely. face absolutely i think we we're all in favor of that um so but it is going to be interesting um he is a polarizing figure there's no doubt about that yeah. um and he always has been he's always been sort of a people either love him or they can't stand right. him kind of guy and i asked sam fold about that and sam said that's because he's, he's got such a big strong personality he's right. opinionated he's not afraid to state his opinions but he also listens like he will you can talk him out of a position if you give him the facts and and you convince him um you know he's not he's not a dummy that's for sure but no. he does have a big strong right. personality and, and, so, he, and he comes with words i mean from his detractors he call him narcissistic and arrogant um you know polarizing so so it's just interesting because <clears throat> those are not words that have been associated with the person who's held this position right. in the past. Now, and this is not the, I mean, yes, it's one of 30 jobs, Sam, but just because it's the Giants and they haven't had any <laughs> that many over the last 35 years, it's not like he's not becoming the Pope or something. He's <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's, I thought there was a smoke. I saw, saw smoke. I mean, I mean, no, but it, I mean, it's it is. It's just a baseball manager it, it, position. It is, but it is one with a pretty strong lineage. And, and, the, and the truth is, um, and no offense to Buster, but I mean, because Farhan, you know, is a pretty low key guy because Larry Baird's now in a much reduced position, um, Gabe Kapler's going to be the face of the team. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know how that goes over either. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean, there is no, um, I mean, Bo- Boach got, got kind of lucky because even though people weren't super excited when he first got here. Timmy had already kind of become the face of the team. Um, so, you know, there was, there, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a whole different era. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to to gauge on my my behalf from afar. <laughs> from the other as side all, of the bay, where Bob so. Melvin is now the uh, height of stability. Yeah. Yep. The longest serving manager right now. So, yep. yeah. Hope that keeps going. All right, Ann Killian, thanks so much for joining us on Giant Splash. And, and uh, I'll, I'll go back to A's land now. thanks again to ann killian for joining us on the giant splash podcast you could read her work and mine on sfchronicle.com ann is also on twitter at ann killian and i'm at susan slesser our producer today is g allen johnson thanks again for listening giants double play is part of the san francisco chronicle podcast network Audrey Cooper is editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. 
You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to The Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Hank Shulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. 